0: In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie podcast. Welcome back everybody to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. You guys are awesome. Uh, Having a great time this month with Mike Steam. but before we jump into it, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about our podcast is on our website. Brian has done a fantastic job with it. We got all of our episodes and interviews from episode one to our weekly release. We've done some incredible interviews in the past with horror legends. Check out our interviews tab. Uh, It's a lot easier to find those interviews instead of scrolling through, you know, 250 plus episodes to Apple or Spotify, et cetera. Check out those interviews. They're really good. And, you know, we put a lot of we put a lot of effort into getting those interviews. (laughs) Uh, We also have our store. We have some new T-shirts, new apparel, new merch. Uh, Shan has her Etsy page attached as well. If you want to grab, you know, a Tumblr, those are selling like crazy. Uh, Check those out. Rep your favorite podcast. Uh, we also have all of our like social medias because, you know, we're a social media driven world. Follow us, like us, subscribe us, all that good stuff. We have Facebook, Twitter, if it doesn't get deactivated, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We love interacting with our fans. We love meeting new people. Uh, it truly is humbling to, you know, have people all across the world who are fans of our show. It means a lot to me. Uh, and the last thing we shout on our website is our Patreon. We call it Blood Donors. We have the traditional kind, the monthly reoccurring, uh, None of that money goes into our own pockets. It just goes directly back into this podcast to help make it the best listening experience as possible. And you take a big burden off of us and we really appreciate it. And we also have one-time donations. You're a big fan of a movie. You want us to review it. Those tiers are available as well. We'll be knocking out two blood donor picks in a couple weeks. I'm excited to get to do those for the, for our blood donors. You know, I feel bad we made them wait, but I appreciate their patience. Uh, This is Mike's theme a month, it's streaming original, and tonight is my pick. Uh, I'm taking us over to Shutter, and I chose 2021 Sun. Uh, it stars Andy Matichak, and it has you know Emil Hirsch from The Autopsy of Jane Doe in it. Uh, I hadn't seen this movie when I picked it. When Mike announces his, uh, his theme choice, you know I started you know brainstorming a couple movies, and I chose this one just because I saw the thumbnail on Found YouTube. Uh, I'm a big fan of Andy Matichak from the Halloween trilogy. Uh, she's a great actress and I'm glad she was in this movie because she got to she got to show how good of an actress she is and I think she did a great job. Uh, I think Emil did a great job. I think the acting is fine the cinematography but you know I like I said, I hadn't seen the movie when I picked it so honestly, after a couple of rewatches, I don't hate this movie by any means, but I definitely don't love it and this is gonna sound like some terrible film critique, but I kind of feel like this movie is just a movie to me like I don't have any strong feelings negative or positive uh it's not a movie i really feel like i have to ever watch again and i it's weird because at the end of watching it it's just like i don't feel anything like i don't dislike it i don't like it per se you know i just thought it was okay i guess you could say uh for what it was and i enjoyed it for what it was and i'm glad we get to review it uh brian you want to go next on thoughts oh
1: man i don't look this is a fucked up movie to me Like, I'll definitely never watch it again. But, I mean, look, I'm thankful Dustin warned me out of the kindness of his heart about it being demonic related. Uh, But honestly, I'm not sure if that would have thrown me for a loop anyway because I I felt like at a lot of points during this movie, I would just whisper to myself, like, what the fuck? Or, you know, Friday where Craig and Smokey are both on the porch saying, damn, like, (laughs) so (laughs) did I I like it? No. Um, I'll definitely be coming from the analytical side with this one. And on that side, I think it was very well done. Like the sound design I think was phenomenal, made the movie to me, you know, and I'm being serious. If anyone else but Andy Maticek was playing the lead character, I don't think it would have kept my attention. Don't worry, Dustin. I mean that like oh. as uh, – <laughs> I mean that like she does a good job showing the the struggle, you know, that she's dealing with as a parent. She sucks you in or perform amazing performance, I think. Uh, Found Flicks pointed out <clears throat> that this feels – Kind of in the same vein as Rosemary's Baby, he's absolutely correct. Although I think that this is much better. Um, I think, and I kind of feel the same way about that movie. But I would definitely recommend watching this at least once. Um, I think it was a well done movie, very well made movie. Just not for me taste wise. You know, I think I'll be grading it on the the technical side with this one. You know, and, and even even with that, like there are a lot of choices. I think that I would have done differently, but you know, a lot of good too.
2: Yeah, I feel a lot like you, Nico, um, and you know a little bit of a mix of the both of you. Where this is definitely a really good film as far as the filmmaking to me. Sound is good. I love some of the visuals. Um, I try not to use cinematography anymore, but it's it's good here. So you know take that for what you will. Um, and it does set like a good tone. Like there's a good horror movie tone, mood, atmosphere, vibe to this movie. So that alone. Gets a you know at least a thumbs up in my book. Um, Andy Madacek is great here. Like like she really gets to show her acting chops that she just not get to as Allison in the Halloween franchise. Uh, I'm not saying that she didn't have any good performances in that movie, but what she's given here as the lead is so good, man. And the little kid, he's fantastic in what he's given to do. Like I believe this is a mom and son, and that is a big thing for me now. All of that being said, and, and by the way, shout out to Millhurst, not only Autopsy of Jane Doe, but one of my favorite movies of all time, Lords of Dogtown. Oh, no. Next Door. I do love Go Next Door as well. <laughs> also, elite comedy. But Lords of Dogtown is one of my, um, one of my guilty pleasure movies. I freaking love that movie. Um, but anyway, so shout out to Millhurst. He's good here, too. But look, this movie's not for me as far as, like Brian said, taste. More so just that it kind of leaves me going oh, okay that was fine like that wasn't anything special it wasn't anything bad per se but it was just an okay little horror movie and I think it's okay to say that um you know some of the blood and some of the effects look eh, you know a little suspect to me now there's some good stuff here too don't don't get me wrong but some of the uh, effects look so you know, so, so, so like you both have said, I don't know if I'll ever revisit the movie just because I found myself not bored, but like after it was over, I was like, okay, that's, that's the story. That's the end of it. That was a good little horror movie. Uh, nothing special, nothing bad, just kind of there. And that's, yeah. And you mentioned Rosemary's baby. I agree. Like this is kind of like a spirit or an in spirit sequel to that movie, like a more modern take on it anyway. oh. Almost like a re, a soft reboot of Rosemary's Baby, if you will. And I think it's you know in that realm it does a good job. So I'm I'm glad you picked it. I like watching movies I've never seen. Uh, it's rare for me because I went through a phase in life where I just watched every damn thing I could get my hands on. So it is fun that I get that I got a chance to watch a movie I'd never seen.
3: Yeah, um, I will not ever be watching this movie again. Uh, fuck that. I went in blind. Didn't know what this movie was about. And I texted you guys when I was watching it uh, because I thought that I was the last one that was watching it. Um, I thought everyone else had seen it. So I apologize to Brian for the spoilers. He said he missed them, thankfully. But um, I was like, this movie is like the epitome of never let them see your next move. I didn't know what was going to like. I could not have guessed. There's so many times where I was like, I would have never predicted this is where this scene was ending up. But um, I think it's really well done. I think the acting is great. Uh, Andy Matichek is, uh, she's the best actress of all time. She's fantastic. Uh, I'm smitten. Anyway, um, I, I, there's a lot that's, I mean, it does a great job of capturing my um, attention and holding it. And then also it invokes emotion one way or the other. Like there's times where I was like, oh man, that's gut wrenching. That's That's hard to watch. That's sad. And then there's times where it's like, oh, this makes me feel really uneasy. And then when the movie's over with, I took it with me. I felt uneasy for a little while after it. I had to put on King of the Hill for kind of like a palate cleanse. Um, I It's like like you said, Brian, I'm going to go from a technical, analytical standpoint tonight as well. Because did I enjoy it? Fuck no. But uh, was it good? I'm leaning towards, yeah. So I'm glad you picked it as well, Nico. Thanks. Hey.
0: It was a shot in the dark, honestly. I had no idea what to pick uh, after Mike took Fear Street 78. Uh, so I just picked a movie that I had been wanting to watch and hadn't had the chance to yet. So I'm, I'm glad I picked it as well. Any more opening thoughts for jumping to scene by scene?
2: Yeah, you're all correct in, in the fact that this movie made me say multiple times, man, what the fuck? <laughs> like, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, what the fuck is this? What's going on here, man? Um, and I think, and and we'll get to it at the end, but... I really did like the twist. Like I think the twist is one of the better parts of the movies. Well, thank
3: <laughs>
2: you. I was running thank you. I was running out of breath. I was gonna do it, but I'm glad somebody did it. <laughs> I've well, been just sick.
1: The fact, just the fact that it can, you know, elicit those type um, of emotions or reactions or you know, that stuff from Dustin like he was talking about. That's that says a lot about the movie itself.
3: Yeah.
0: The funny thing is I picked two movies with Emile Hirsch in it and it's gotten the reac- same reaction out of Dustin.
3: <laughs> yeah, you ass. I'm going to write a strongly, strongly worded letter to Emile Hirsch. Uh, Jack <laughs> All right,
0: guys, let's jump into this scene by scene. The film starts with a POV shot of someone driving while breathing frantically with a title card. We see a woman named Laura sitting in a diner who is filthy, clenching a cup of coffee. Two men sit at the table behind her and she stands up and races to her car. She's driving again as she pulls over and begins to go into labor. No, 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 I don't want you, she yells as blood covers the seat and we hear a baby begin to cry. She holds the child as rain covers the car. We now see Laura in bed lying down, not looking happy, and her son David races her to the car. They yell, they yell hey to Susan and load up in the car. David asks her a serious hypothetical question and she tickles him joking around. She drops him off at school and we see her in her classroom teaching now. She runs through the halls making it to her night class. Laura picks up David from Susan's house and they head back home. David says Laura is the best mom and leave the light on in case there's zombies. She kisses him goodnight, turns the light off, and shuts his door. Laura is in bed doing schoolwork and she hears footsteps saying it's David acting scared. She tells him to come on in and sleep in her bed. She doesn't get an answer so she gets up and sees his door is still shut. She checks out the bathroom and opens his door. She sees several other people in the room and the door slams shut. She runs across the street screaming for help. She makes it to Susan's banging on her door. She tells her to call the police frantically and she runs back home grabbing a knife. She goes in David's room and we see him lying across the bed unresponsive. Paul and Steve are talking to Laura now and they say they saw no visible proof of forced entry. Paul asks if she lost a key or had one stolen. Steve asks if she was dreaming, maybe a lucid dream. She says it was real. Paul asks Steve to go back to the station. Paul tells her he believes her. He tells her the doctors found nothing wrong with David. Laura goes back to bed with David in her bed. She rubs his head, checking for any wounds, bruises. David asks, what was she doing? I'm sleeping. Were there really people in my room? She asks if he can remember if he took his pajamas off in the middle of the night. He says he was dreaming that he was drowning in a river of blood. Jump scare as we see Laura painting in class. Paul is there to talk to her, and she seems bothered. We see Laura lying in a red bed with a cult symbol and a voice says, wake up, honey. David is at the foot of the bed covered in blood screaming. Then she wakes up and David is in her bed beside her. He says he has a headache and stomach feels sick. She says she'll take him to the doctor in the morning. Laura hears dogs barking and she goes downstairs. She sees a shadow move outside her door and runs to the phone. Paul checks out around the house and he sees nothing. He's inside drinking coffee and he says his theory on how they snuck in. David comes downstairs and he says it really hurts as he vomits blood. We're in the hospital now and his body is covered in these bruises and he's screaming and convulsing uncontrollably. Laura meets with the doctors now and she asks Paul to stay with her. The doctor names off the things they thought it was, but all the tests are negative. He says they don't know what this is and his condition is worsening. Time is running out and there's a likelihood David won't wake up in the morning. Laura sits back crying and she says these people in his room gave him something. The doctor says they tested for everything and nothing is showing up and she's in disbelief. All uh, right, Brian, that's the opening set of things they got. What'd you think, brother? So right off the bat, let me give
1: props to the sound design. You know, I kind of touched on it in my open and I don't mean just as a hand score here. I mean like the entire sound design. You know, Ivan Kavanaugh, I think did such a good job because I think that, you know, this sound, the way that they use the jump scare music, the entire thing is just so well done. I think it, it makes this movie. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that I think this movie uses that sound design better than any that I can remember, like seeing in in recent memory. Anyway, It's stellar, I think, all the way through from this preacher talking over the heavy breathing of Laura at the beginning. Um, I just I can't talk enough about how much it stood out to me like this entire film. Now, this cold open and this in labor, quote unquote, running from the cult. Is this the start of Halloween six here? Just wondering. But this giving birth scene in the car kind of made me laugh and, and not in a good way. I mean, Maticek does, I think an absolutely stellar job of showing the emotion, showing the, the, the disdain for the kid before she has it. And then, you know, just the, just the sheer love for the baby when she gives birth, it's so well done, I think on that end, but just popping it out like that, you know, and it being suddenly like six months old, <laughs> like when she's holding it. I mean, I know that's, that's kind of a, a movie trope, but I'll call it out every time. Like, I, I see it as being ridiculous. Like, I don't understand that because, you know, most of the human population has, has seen this birthing process before and has seen a newborn baby and will immediately call bullshit. So I don't understand why you don't just as filmmaker make the kid look more realistic or or the girl giving birth struggle more. I don't know. Just a nitpick there. But it bothered me, obviously. Also, you know, I want to give pro- props to uh, Luke David Blum. You know, him, he and Matichek, I think they have great chemistry. And, you know, not just that, you know, I felt his acting throughout was, dare I say, on par with Linda Blair. Like, is that overselling it? I don't know. I thought it was good. So blast me if you want to. But um, just a few little tidbits before I get out of here. Laura in our classroom scene, teacher definitely gives you a lot of the themes of the movie, you know, to pay attention to. A little foreshadowing there. Dealing with PTSD and trauma. Better done than New Halloween, ironically. And, uh her seeing those cult members in David's room was just in her head, right? Like, just kind of seems – just kind of seems ironic because, you know, knowing what we know about Paul later, which, sidebar, you guys talked about Emil Hirsch earlier. And his, uh, you know, I, he didn't in the, um, um, the autopsy of Jane Doe, but in this one he reminds me a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if it's just his acting or, like, the character or whatever. Um, but what we know about Paul later and, you know, it's setting basically all of this into motion – Just kind of seemed convenient timing wise that she has this psychological episode not caused by Paul to conveniently call Paul and his partner in. I mean, does that make sense? I just I just think you could have had like a real intruder there. And that would have made more sense than her seeing the, the, the cult members. And I don't know. It's not really realistic that she opened the door, saw the people standing over her son and then bolts out of the house and then comes back like. As a mom, you'd immediately go in there and try to save him, right? And take him with you, maybe? I don't know. I mean, everyone acts differently. It just kind of seems like she would. So it kind of goes against her character to me is all. Um, And the last thing I want to say is, does Luke Blum live in a Blum house? No, I'm sorry. That's not exactly what I wanted to say. (laughs) That was bad. But I I really wanted to say, like, did you notice David playing the Resident Evil game and the house phone? And then later we get, you know, a pay phone calling a cell phone. This movie, I think, does a good job of what we talked about before, like with Rob zombie movies. You can't place the time period here, and I think it does a good job of not really letting you letting you try to place this in a time period. Uh, I said that with this with those movies and this one too. You know, I I really like that.
2: Yeah, and and on that note, I have it right here. In the next set of scenes, is both of the cars that Laura drives are old, <laughs> are old looking. You know, so it, you really can't quite place where the time is, but uh yeah starting off this scene in the car is tough to watch man because you don't again you're going in blind you're going in cold and you don't really know why she doesn't want the kid uh and it's like man what's the deal is any magic going to be playing a total bitch which i just can't see <laughs> given the, the roles i've seen her in so far uh so you, again you're going in cold, You're like oh man and, and again just a tough scene to watch from a you know a graphic nature like that was you know really tough uh, I do like some of this character groundwork that they give Laura Anna here where she's, you know, she's a teacher. She's going to class. Like She has a really good relationship with her son. Like she's just a normal person working a job, having to go to school at night, like trying to make the best she can. She owns her house like she's doing the damn thing, which is such a stark contrast from what we see in the very opening scene where she clearly doesn't want the child. We don't know why uh when you go inside i really like that they laid that character groundwork something you mentioned brian which was the intruder situation i if it's in her head that's fine because i do completely understand her having a psychotic break considering what happened to her what we find out but i kind of took that as paul and whoever concocting that whole thing like i don't know if nobody if somebody was there wasn't there but like that seemed to me like maybe there was somebody there like i know like maybe maybe there was somebody there maybe they were behind it i don't know but how would he have done that though i have no idea that, that that's a really good question but there's clearly some supernatural shit going on here that that's my only thing is that there's clearly some supernatural uh you know demonic things happening that we see later in the film so it's not completely out of the realm of possibility i guess other the only other way that it would have happened exactly what you said, Brian, which was all in her head, which there is some stuff I think is in her head, clearly from the psychotic break. So I think that makes sense as well. Uh, maybe he got a little lucky, but I do. I like when you go back and rewatch it like I did today, you could see some of the little things that Paul does that, that seem really nice at the time. And now they're not so nice uh, the way he kind of used her and manipulated the situation in his favor. Uh, I think the kid acting here from Luke Blum is great. You know, we talk, we've had a lot of child actors on this show that we've found, no offense, annoying. I feel like I would have been an annoying kid actor. Like, just so it's not a critique, it's just kind of the way it goes. Sometimes you're either really good, like you're Haley Joe Osmond in The Sixth Sense, or you're not. I'm not going to name names, but, um, and this is really, really good when he's, you know, screaming and he's really going through it and he has to show emotion. I just think it's great the on-screen chemistry I mentioned in my open between Andy Matichek and Luke Blum is great. Uh, and just in this scene with the doctor last day, the, the facial expressions that Andy Matichek gives you, you really feel for her. Like, and I think as the movie goes on, it does a good job of like, should I like her? Like, am I supposed to like, cause there's like a few times where I'm like, do I like her as a character? But I think in this set of scenes, you kind of get who she really is as a real person. Uh, and she's fairly emotional about it. She loves her son. very. It's very clear as the movie goes on how much she loves her son. Um, this movie, you mentioned Halloween. This movie does trauma and grief, I know Nico will agree, way better than Smile tried to. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because, <laughs> Anyway, go ahead, Dustin, my bad.
3: Yeah, um... We get a very classic feel to the open. I mean, it's dark, it's rainy, there's an ominous score. Um, So I think they do a great job from the jump of building um, a perfect horror atmosphere there. And then, boom, what the fuck? We get a front seat childbirth, and she's screaming, I don't want you. Now, at that point in the movie, like I said, I had no idea what this movie was about. So no clue why she's saying, I don't want you. Just taking that for what it was, I was like, damn, this movie is fucked up already. Like, I don't like this. Then, just, we get to fast forward, David's all grown up, and just seeing her with David, she's so pretty, it gave me baby fever bad. Andy, I'm ready when you are, let's do this. Um, anyway, sorry, sorry, got distracted. Uh, and then, boom, who the fuck are these people in my stepson's room? Like, I was so, I was confused, like, there's just a, a ton of people in his room, and like you said, Brian, now, like, after I watched the movie, I agree, like, that had to be, like, in her head, right? Like there's no way because at the time watching it just for what it was like, Oh shit. That's what this movie is. There's people trying to steal her kid and like, okay. Uh, even as you find out she was in a cult or whatever, the cult's trying to steal the kid. Um, but then the further you get into the movie, yeah, I completely agree. It's probably a vivid hallucination there. But the thing is that I found uh, interesting is like, does she not have a phone in the house? Why? even okay. So the door was shut and she tried to get in. It was locked or whatever. Would she not just go to the phone that's in her kitchen? She ran across the street and all she said was call the cops and then ran right back to her room. That was an like that was so pointless to me. Um, we get the classic, like, of course we have a good cop, bad cop, right? One believes her one. I, I doubt it. You're just, you imagine all of it. Like that's a very cliche thing to put in a movie. um, but i mean it's i'm i'm intrigued i'm into the movie number one because she's beautiful but number two also like i'm confused as shit i don't know what direction we're going i like there's people in his room he's feeling sick um she's going to take him to the um doctor in the morning but at the same time like she loves him but man she hated him when she when he was born i don't know i don't know what what the hell's going on so they do a good job of keeping you guessing keeping you on your toes here with the opening scene and yeah, I think, I think it's, it's very well done.
0: All right, Laura is bedside with David now. I'm so sorry this is happening to you, as she cries. If you have to go, it's okay. I know you hurt. She sees flashbacks again, and she yells out for help. David is breathing rapidly, and David is coughing up blood again. David says mommy softly, and we see him on a bed full of life. We're in a Chinese restaurant with Paul, Laura, and David having dinner. Paul reads his fortune, and the others read theirs. David goes to the bathroom and they say it's like he wasn't even sick. Laura says she's going to sell the house and move, start fresh. David asks if we can go, and she says take a few bites. He hasn't eaten anything. Laura puts him to bed, and she goes back downstairs to Paul. She tells him he's fond of him. She thanks him for everything, and Paul says he's going to head out, but she asks if he'll stay. He says you're safe here, and she kisses him. They begin to kiss, and she asks what happened to his arm. David screams, and they find him convulsing on his bed again. Back to the hospital and she's going off on the doctor. Laura and Paul chat in the hallway and she tells him things she hasn't been honest about. She says she was raised in a cult and escaped eight years ago. She thought the people in his room might have been them. The doctor says she can come in the room now. She asks Paul to stay. He has no clue what those cult people are capable of. She goes in David's room and his bones and jaw is cracking. She has flashbacks and hears a voice say, Say the words. She wakes up and goes to the hallway and overhears the staff saying they're downstairs. The boy is the priority. She sees a car outside with men coming into the hospital. She unhooks David from the equipment and carries him into another room. The coast is clear and she carries David outside and they're in a cab together now. Laura puts David on Susan's couch and she asks to watch him for a few minutes. She asks to pack some things up. Susan is hesitant but Laura convinces her. Laura goes to her house and David asks Susan to come closer. Laura calls Paul and tells him to meet her outside David's school in an hour. She packs the car and goes up to Susan's house ringing the doorbell. She looks through a window and sees a lamp broken. She sneaks into the house and grabs a knife and a hammer. She goes into the living room and sees David feasting on Susan's body. She's in complete shock. I feel better now, Mom. She's washing David off, then puts him in bed. He asks if we're staying with Susan tonight. She says, no, just get rest. Laura stares at Susan's dead body with tears and she covers her face. She takes down some paintings and writes in blood, he is coming, and draws the cult symbol. She picks David up and they drive away. She throws her phone out the window as Paul calls her. They stop at a motel and they go inside. This is a cool room. She turns the channel as he watches porn to some cartoons. Laura lies down and he asks if the room has fleas. She tells him to get some sleep. Laura wakes up to the news on TV about she and David. They leave the motel and Laura buys a different car to conceal their identity. All right, Brian, that's the next set of scenes we got. What do you think?
1: So the start of this with Laura, you know, bedside with David, this is a really emotionally powerful scene for me. You know, and again, just Matichek just plays it so great. Like, this is is by far probably the hardest thing a parent could possibly go through. Um, You know, you're told nothing can be done for your son, and you have to let them pass. It's just such a powerful thing. And bravo to Matichek, director Ka- Ivan Kavanaugh. I think that's – I think it's, just, it's portrayed just so well. You know, the heartbreak of that before we get David waking up, you know, because obviously we find out later Paul gave him the blood. It's just it's just such an emotionally powerful scene to me, like I said. Um, it just – it makes me even madder at David Gordon Green for not using Matichek to, to the best for ability, right, in the Halloween trilogy because, I mean – This shows really how great of an actress and what what kind of chops she really has. You know, I I have another question though too. Like, because I'm not sure how to take it. Like, had David not started spazzing out again, would Paul have had sex with Laura? Because I mean, it seemed to me that that's definitely where it was headed. But doesn't drughead Jimmy later? (laughs) but doesn't drug head Jimmy say later that the cult members wouldn't dare touch Laura, that she belonged to this demon, you know, and if Paul is a worshiper of this demon too, to me, I would think that he would have followed the same code and not tempted that but so I know it was just put in there to kind of show the relationship building with those two. But in the grand scheme of things, after you've seen it, I think it's contradicting. Like I, I would have had Paul, not accept the advances there like that's just i don't know that's just me um by the way what hospital is this there's no one in there like except the doctor it looks like it looks like a fucking asylum you know instead of a hospital i mean maybe that was a point um, also super easy for her to escape the the hospital with david and personally i wasn't a fan of the overhearing the hallway conversation that almost seemed like a tv show or something like just it just didn't do it for me and this this doctor we haven't seen before at all is telling them this about waiting till she's asleep when she's clearly been asleep the last, however long, just, it's not a choice I would have made. But the other thing I wanted to point out in this group of scenes, especially and throughout, but Kavanaugh's shots, his cinematography, you know, not, it's not shot as what you'd say, I guess, common, I guess for lack of a better word, Every, every single shot makes the scenes intimate, visually interesting to me. This is a beautifully shot movie. And speaking of shots, that shot of him eating Susan, that was one of the, that was one of the, what the fuck am I watching shots? I was talking about earlier, It's like very well done visually. I thought the effects were great. And, you know, again, just the sound design with it being silenced, basically, you know, as she's washing off the blood off David and kind of takes in, you know, what just happened. Amazing work all the way around there um probably the best set of scenes in the movie to me
2: yeah this is definitely where the movie hooks you. i mean the first set of scenes is okay like it's good character groundwork but this is where the movie makes me go i guess i have to see this through because this is some crazy shit so again i touched on it in the end of the last set of scenes but just the emotional acting from both of these two is fantastic here andy matichek shines Uh, Luke Blum does a great job, you know, just being a little kid that's scared to death, doesn't understand what's going on. And a mom that doesn't know what to do about it either uh, is really, God, it's so powerful in the movie that really doesn't even like, this is not a movie that you would go to, to see that kind of emotional performance. I think it does a good job. It's I'm going to get on my high horse again and say that horror gets a really bad rap with acting. Like this is some good acting in this movie. So Screw off Academy anyway. um, So to me, you get a little bit of a lull, you know, I don't really buy into the whole re- relationship here with, with Laura and Paul. Like I'm kind of like you, I'm kind of like, eh, that's a little met now. It, as we watch it the first time, I'm like, that's a little messy. You Paul, I, I, I don't know why you do that, but in hindsight, it makes a whole lot of sense because we're manipulating we're Quote unquote gaslighting, which is an overused term, but we're, You know, we're doing all that to try to, you know, you know, lure her into being a little weak, you know, letting down her guard or whatever. So, makes sense, I guess, now in hindsight. But at the time, first watch, I'm like, eh, this is a little messy here. So, you're right. How they left the? (laughs) There's nobody there stopping them from leaving the hospital. Okay, sure, whatever. Um, this scene where he's eating Susan. Not you talked about the shots. It's not just the fact that he's eating her. The way they lead up to showing you that with the, you know, Andy magic has something in each hand, and she's slowly walking over. She doesn't know what she's going to find. And you see the visual of him eating her. Then you cut back to her face. I think it's great. Like just the shock, the awe that you get, and then you see it on her face as well. I think it's a really good back-and-forth way to do that there. Um, I, 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 I like the smarts, or at least what, what we think or are the smarts I've heard to try to frame this cult that she grew up in, uh, which I forgot to, mention. obviously you dropped that bombshell on Paul, but I like that idea. Like if you're going, if your son's going to become a, a m- human eating zombie, uh, frame the former, you know, sex cult you were a part of. That makes sense to me. Uh, so I like that. I like how they get away to a hotel. Cause I feel like now we're about to get a movie. I was not expecting at all. Uh, and like I mentioned, her, buy, her trading in an old-looking car for another old-looking car, like Brian mentioned, really does, like, what time period is this, like, what time period is this movie in? Like, I, I know that she's, like, not super rich, but she does own a house. Like, I don't know. It kind of felt like maybe she'd drive a newer car, but maybe not. So, again, I think it does a good job of not letting us know exactly when this movie's taking place. I love this set of scenes. This is the set that gets me in and gets me going. It makes me go, again, what the fuck happened here?
3: Yeah. um, hmm. I have thoughts about some of the shit the wind down in this set of scenes. Oh, you can call me Paul. Watch it, bud. All right. Now that's out of the way. Yeah, watch it, bud. (laughs) This movie does a great job of uh, creating tension. I mean, she did a great job of selling how scared she was when she came down the stairs there. Uh, and, damn, that kid puked a lot of blood. That was fucked. Um, and then you mentioned, what the hell kind of hospital is this? What the hell kind of hospital is this? The kid's on a uh, procedure table, like an operation table, and she's just outside the window watching? They don't let that shit go down. Anyway. Um, and then Paul stayed the night. I damn near turned this movie off. I I, I just couldn't take it. But it was gut-wrenching, though, when the doctors told her sh- that he might not wake up. I mean, that was really tough to watch. Uh She goes, you know, then she goes to his bedside, and she's crying. That's tough. Uh, that is a great job of conveying emotion there. It looked real authentic, and that's a sign of, of great acting. Um And then back to me about turning the movie off. She kisses this motherfucker in the kitchen. I had to, I had to pause it. I had to take a lap around the house, calm down, cool my head. But... um what the hell kind of leprosy did this kid have? All that happened in a day? Like, they show him and he's better, and then she's, it was like, that happened in a day? He went from normal to puking blood and covered in some kind of weird rash to normal again, and then back to that again? I, I was like, what the hell is happening? Um, and then we get those, those weird cult flashbacks, and then she just kidnaps her son from the hospital because the doctor was plotting on him. Was that real? Or was she hallucinating, and imagining that the doctor outside the room saying, uh, "It's the boy. We gotta get the boy," or something? And then she looks out the window and sees the people running inside. Like seeing how the movie plays out, I started to question. And back, you know, in hindsight, was that real, or was she just paranoid, uh, hallucinating that? Um, don't know, but. The movie, like I said, this is the definition of never let them know your next move. And then her telling Paul Paul, to meet her and bring your gun. He ain't shit as a cop if he goes along with it. Um, but I get it. I do anything she asks me to do, so I understand. And then I texted I texted you guys in the group chat. I was like, hey, yo, what the fuck? Lil Dahmer just starts eating the neighbor lady? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and then you know, the he is coming writing it on the wall and stuff. Is she wanting to be in this cult? Is she not wanting to be like, I'm just, I'm a little bit confused as to what direction she's wanting. kind of like what Mike said earlier. Are we supposed to be rooting for her? Like, is she good people? Don't know. Um, And then you mentioned switching out the green jalopy for the brown jalopy. There was like, I first was like, why did she buy that car? She had a car already, but I get, you know, I guess it's to throw them off throw the cops are for trail the uh you know she's wanted her face is all over the news but that's the thing her face is all over the news and she's still walking around and nobody's like oh you're that person from the news i think she would have been fine to keep the newer car i don't know but it's a roller coaster set of scenes i think it's really good as well but it's just i was there were so many moving parts and so much happening um really hard to figure out where we're going here but i'm in
0: all right, the cops are at susan's house now investigating what happened steve tells paul we got a good one as we see susan's mangled corpse david asks where we're going laura says to see an old friend she needs more help remembering things steve hands paul some old articles on laura about how her name was anna and she was part of a pedophile ring he asks paul if he's in a relationship with her he says no and she couldn't have done this steve is frustrated and paul says let's just find her she needs protection at the very least, find the boy and get him back to the hospital. Laura pulls into Miss Nagel's yard. She introduces herself as Anna Hansen. We're inside now and she asks if that's the boy. Laura sends him into another room. How could something so innocent and sweet come out of something so evil? Laura says she really needs to talk to Jimmy. When did you get out of the institution? She says Jimmy was lost to drugs and drove his father to an early grave. Laura begs, saying I need to speak to him. He went south. Clarksville, Mississippi. Paul is at the, men- Paul is at the men- mental institution Laura was at and asked the receptionist about a doctor. She says he's retired now. He says he needs to ask him some questions. He's a police officer. He asks if there's patients here. It's awfully quiet. Tracy says she has nightmares from working here, but hey, it's better than McDonald's. Laura and David are at Jimmy's house now, and it's a complete dump. Jimmy lets them inside, and Dr. Bradley tells Paul she was psychotic. Her father would pamper out to other men for money and a local boy, Jimmy Nagel. Dr. Bradley says there's no cult, it was all in her head. Jimmy asked about her, her other child, and he tried to visit her, but he didn't want to get locked up. He says he remembers it all. They'd have ceremonies where they tortured animals and they made Laura do the chance. She was the only one who could. She was special. They called you Palestine, the huntsman, the demon. They'd let the huntsman rape you. You know it's true, Anna. Jimmy says those are false memories. You were meant for the demon. Jimmy snaps when she says he was abused. Laura says she's afraid of letting this back in her brain. She'll slip back into psychosis. David says everything hurts. Paul calls Steve and he asks Paul to wait on him. They should talk to Jimmy together. Laura and David get to another motel where we see a pimp being awful to the women. She gets inside the room and and she locks the door. David groans and he says it hurts. I'm scared, mom. He asks her to sing that song he used to sing. They fall asleep and Laura has the same flashbacks and she sees her father asking her to wake up and say the words as we see the cult members walk towards her. David wakes up screaming, It hurts so bad, I'm gonna die. She locks herself in the bathroom as he yells, Give me some food! Give me some fucking food, you bitch! Laura stands up and sees David, and she holds him down as he rages out. She calms him down, and he says, I need food, please, Mom. She goes to her car and begins to scream and hyperventilate. She flashes back to the cult approaching her bed, and her saying the chant. Suddenly, the pimp throws a woman across the hood of her car, and she, said, and she sees him kick her. He asks, what's she looking at, and smacks the window. All right, Brian, that's the next set of scenes I got. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Paul and Steve looking over Susan's body, and Steve saying, you think she's dead? That, that made me laugh. Like, that, that gag hit for me, for sure. Um, you know, at this point in the movie, and I think it only changes a little bit throughout, but I still think that this is, a, you know, an underlying theme, even though the main point does change later. But I'm definitely thinking, okay, this is about you know a parent's love for their child, you know, and, and, the, and the question like, how far will you go for them? Is your love unconditional? You know, would I feed my demonic possessed son dead people? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if Nico keeps playing around with Ouija boards, he's going to find out before me. But I definitely think about it,
2: Brian. Um, your love is unconditional. I knew it from the start.
1: I hear that. I hear that.
3: I know Dustin um, knows that song. It's okay. I have no idea what song that is. <laughs> I'm being dead ass.
1: Anyway, like uh, because it's like with most parents, like nothing is more important than your kids. And I like how Kavanaugh, who directed and wrote this movie, by the way, uses you know uses that theme throughout, but especially how it really comes to a head, I think, in this set of scenes. And, you know, I've been waiting to hit on this, but since it touches on it here some, I like how it starts to give you some doubt on if this is in her head or if this is real. But I'll also go ahead and say it here, I don't like the conclusion that it kind of led to, but I'll touch on that in the, you know with the ending. But, you know, someone tell me, besides trying to place that doubt, why is Paul interviewing the doctor by himself? When isn't he supposed to know all of this is real already since, you know, he's, I I guess, working for the cult or or demon or whatever, like on the rewatch, it doesn't make sense to me, which which is which is one of the reasons why I personally think the rewatchability factor on this is pretty low. Um, My only fun fact here, I think Blaine May, who played Jimmy and I thought did a great job here, by the way, he was actually Malachi in 2018's Children of the Corn Runaway, which throw that out there. And I would like to say, I would like to put this on the table, this entire cult thing, bringing in a demon, it's a lot of the same thing that I had written in my uh, Jason Goes to Hell remake script when we did that episode, like, except, you know, summoning the dream demon Freddy. I still need to put that one up on our blog, I think. But anyway, pointless. But that's what I thrive in. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, this set of scenes, it gets a little wonky, uh, which is a term I normally don't like or use, but I think it's apropos here. It, it, it's a little, it gets a little messy. So, <laughs> you know, I Jimmy here, his mind goes straight to all this being Laura. Uh, and again, with a rewatch, it's really interesting to see Paul's reaction because at first you're just kind of thinking he's being a little stubborn. He, you know, he's got a crush whatever, but, uh, that's, that's, that's not the case. He, he wants to, uh, implicate her, make her look as crazy as possible, uh, while kind of removing himself from being in any kind of involvement. So again, it's a little bit better with a rewatch, but, uh, either way. So I like this going back and, you know, going to this, this former, uh, you know, this older lady's house whose name is slipping me. Cause I don't write down names a lot uh i like all this stuff and we get you know we get to meet you know who anna is not so so much Laura. we know laura but now we get to kind of find out everything about this pedophile ring and 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 all this stuff and i think that's good like i think it's a good it's not good in the sense that that's good but this is good character groundwork as far as when you watch it you realize oh she's definitely having a psychotic break like The first time you watch it, you're thinking, "Well, everyone think just thinks that she is, and it's everyone else is an asshole." But when you realize, yeah, she's probably going through some shit, man. A lot of this is in her fucking head. So, you know, when you rewatch these scenes, I think they work a little bit better. Um, But on the first watch, I'm kind of like, "Man, this is this getting a little messy. We're involving cults, and we're, you know, we're 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 eating people again. Like, I don't know." It becomes a a lot, and it makes me go, what the fuck? But um, that's pretty much – I had the same problem that you did, though, Brian. I I had that – well, what is Paul – like Paul's doing a lot of side investigative work on his own to be so involved. And I don't know. (laughs) Like the only explanation would be that he's like breaking the fourth wall like, hey, viewer at home, I'm not a part of this, I swear. So obviously that's not the case, but that's just where my brain went. So, yeah, this is – I would call the set of scenes messy, which is unfortunate because I think the last set was so good.
3: Yeah. um, So when she arrives back at, you know, the old lady's house, like Mike said, I don't remember her name either. It's like, who the hell is Anna? So problem with that is, okay, Paul might be in on it because he's clearly a Satanist as well, but his partner's not. You feel like, I feel like someone would have, Known before she left town that hey this Laura is not even a real person that's not her name like they would have they would have found this out I feel like um the then you know the doctor saying there is no cult it's all in her head man what the hell is going on here there's so many wheels in motion just um something's telling me that she's not making it up and it is one of those uh movie cliches that just nobody's believing her but at the same time I've been they've thrown us off their path so many times or thrown us off their trail so many times it's like what the fuck's going on. Uh, what, what who do we believe? And then uh, she, she when she locks herself in the bathroom, it's like that's this is like what the fuck is happening? It's just like a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> I feel bad when I wrote this, but uh, I put the kids in the bed doing the Harlem Shake. This movie just gets stressful right here. He's like season out. Um, <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> Jesus, but. <laughs> when when she said Master Lucifer, that's when I was like, okay, this shit's clicking. I don't want no part of this movie. I I really don't want to watch this anymore. Hell no! Uh, and for that reason, I'm out. I could put up a lot with a lot of shit for Andy Maditech, but uh, probably got to draw a line at yucking it up with old Satan. Can't really be doing that. But I agree, though. This set of scenes is kind of uh, helter skelter. Like it's just it's it's all over the place, man. A um, lot going on, and. I'll tell you one thing, though. It goes by in a hurry because <laughs> I, I looked at Nico's notations as I'm yeah. watching it because I'm taking notes. I, one take Jake over here. I wasn't going to watch this movie twice. So um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm taking notes as I'm watching it for the first time, and I see he put you know the cops at Susan, Susan's house. That's her name. And then the last thing is uh you know the pimp smack in the window. It's like from the first line through that, I was like, oh, shit, that went by pretty quickly. Just because of how fast, yeah. fast everything's moving.
2: Yeah, And a lot happens, but you can't quite like you're like you know you're looking up, you're trying to take down notes, and you're looking up, and you're like, shit, man, this is there's a lot being crammed into this fucking three pound bag here.
0: Yeah. All right, Laura is back in her room chugging some alcohol, and she approaches the pimp. I'm sorry I, you had to hear this, Dustin. I know it hurt you, but she says I, I she wants one. him to fuck her. They enter the room and she says she wants to do it in the bathroom. She turns the water on and she tells him to get naked first. He undresses and she begins to slowly undress. He gets pissed with her taking so long. We see David crawling towards them slowly. He begins to choke her and yells, take the shirt off. David stands up and attacks the man and begins eating him alive. Laura slams the door and goes outside the room. We hear mommy wake up as David is outside the room covered in blood. I love you mom and he hugs her. More cartoons, and David asks if they can do something fun tomorrow. Laura cuts up the pimp's body into pieces, and she leaves body parts outside the church, and she writes on the wall, He is coming, with the cult symbol. They drive off, and the cops are at Jimmy's house now. They knock, and no answer. They go into the house and continue calling for him, but still, no answer. They find him dead on the floor with crucifixes in his mouth, and he is coming, carved into his chest, and the cult symbol. Steve says she used her credit card at a local motel nearby. Laura and David are lying in bed smiling at each other. She holds his hand and he tells her of a dream he had of him flying and how he cracked the world in half. I was like a superhero or something. Laura says your illness is getting closer and closer every time. You're going to get sick again really soon and it's going to be painful. I'm going to be by your side, but I can't help. I can't do anything as she begins to cry. She now laughs and asks if he wants to do something fun. There's a carnival nearby and he says, I want to go. She says, we can go when it gets dark. She gets a gun and David is getting his flesh wounds and he's urinating blood. She tells Paul Laura was seen taking this pimp into her hotel room. He says, you know, it's her killing these people, right? Not a cult, no pedophile ring. Laura and David are at the carnival again, playing games, riding rides, and he shrieks in pain. Laura carries him back into the motel and puts him in bed. He cries out in pain, saying, I need help. Some men run in yelling, get the boy and slam the door. She stands up, gunning them all down. She turns the light on and sees she killed Steve and two other officers. She walks over to Steve, and she tries to stop the bleeding to no success. Steve dies in front of her, and she picks David up and carries him out the room as other customers seeing her running away. And the next set of scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Brian.
1: Yeah, so I don't like the set of scenes at all. I mean, first of all, you aren't chugging vodka or tequila like that. I mean, come on. like That's why I assumed that was in that bottle. But truthfully, my real nitpick here. So this is a big-ass dude. Like, David Calloway is his name, playing this pimp. He was in Logan in the Magnificent Seven remake. Great actor. By the way, doesn't have throat cancer in real life, nor a tracheometry. So I, that was that was an interesting choice for that character. I liked it. Just found it interesting. But this is a big-ass dude. There's really been nothing shown throughout that we've seen for Laura to know that David, as a kid, has this super demon strength, Right? Like, she and the doctors have been able to hold him down while he's gone chomp zombie mode. So I just think that this was a bad plan on her end to assume that this pimp wouldn't just beat the shit out of both of them. Like, also, also if if David was shot, would he have come back to life or would he have been dead? Like, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Uh, Kavanaugh, need you to come on the show. Got to ask you some needless stuff. Uh, But anyway, so needless to say, I'm not the biggest fan of this scene because it doesn't seem realistic. Plus the rip in the body in pieces, there's not really enough blood for that uh, everywhere. So, you know, in turn, there's no way you clean that room up. So why are you even trying to go throw the body in a different lot anyway? Like just leave it there with the same shit on the wall that you're writing. Like unless you were keeping the body parts for like, food down the line. I love the Santa Clarita diet. I I just, I don't know. I didn't understand the thought process here with with any of this. Um, I guess positives, you know, great shot of David's hand being visible under the bed for just a second. You know, and I thought that with the, the sound prompt, I think was perfect there. I love the carnival sequence, you know, before him throwing his shoulder out Uh, the music choice there, I think with the violins was so good. You know, and of course, check struggling with this, as you kind of see the emotional strain it's putting on her, just pure acting class right there. Um, it garnered such an emotional response for me the first time I saw this. And again, I cannot tell you how impressed I was by her acting chops throughout this masterclass performance. Um, lastly, the shooting of the FBI agents. I just wish it would have made it more clear what was in her head and what wasn't because, you know, I know that's probably the point of it, but realistically, assuming that no supernatural things happened, the FBI coming in and shutting the door in the pitch black with no lights, and then her getting the drop on all three of them without them even getting a shot off. This was really a stretch for me to just let go. Like just, just having Steve maybe do it would have been better but it just seemed really out of place for me logically. So I kept waiting for that explanation at the end. So I let it go the first time, but I didn't get that logical explanation I needed really to explain away stuff like this. So I hated it.
2: Yeah. Again, I think we continue some of the messiness. Uh, Now. I mean, there's some good stuff here too. Like I, I, again, acting is top notch. So I'm buying in to what I'm seeing because of it. Um, And now I bought into these two characters. I want to see, you know, what happens to them. So, look here. The scene with the pimp is kind of, for lack of a better word, in such a serious film, it's kind of fun. Like, it's like the one, like, quote-unquote kill that we get to see. Uh, And I think that kind of makes it unique. Now, I do – I mean, I agree with you. The same thing happens, you know – she washes them off, gets them all cleaned up. They take the body somewhere else, which I don't understand. I literally say right here, why the fuck are they moving this body uh, just right on the wall in the hotel? Makes it real easy, but whatever. Um, I guess to try to cover her tracks. I don't know. She's also completely out of it, so I don't really know. She, she's not in the right state of mind, so I can't overly criticize that, I guess. Um, go to the other hotel room. Really good back to that character work we get in the first set of scenes with, with mom and son, they're laying on the bed. They're talking about this, this indoor carnival and all this stuff. Like you could tell she's just absolutely devastated. Um, and I think just their back and forth has me hooked. Not, not like I, I'm not in tears. It's not the sixth sense where that's ending scene with the mom and son get me, but you know, we're verging on that territory as far as the emotional connection I have. Um, obviously the two kids are a little different, but, I think you get my point. But here's the thing. The shooting of the FBI, people, I had a feeling that's where they were going with this. Like it just kind of seemed she was going to kill someone she wasn't supposed to or he was going to kill someone he wasn't supposed to. And that's kind of what we get here. Um, so all in all, this you know this is a little bit better than the last set of scenes because not as much is taking place. It's a little bit more of a, th- a through line. But what I will say is at this point, I want to find out what the fuck is going on. Like, what are we here for? If we're, you know, if it that there has to be more than just this kid eating people. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got.
3: Yeah, I feel you, man. What are we doing? Like, that's how I felt for like what direction. You yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, all right, man. Let's wrap.
2: You, you know, here's your wrapping up box from the Chappelle show. Oh, come on. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um you said it Nico when she took him into the room, I did not like I did not like that at all. Just uh kind of got knots in my stomach hearing her tell that piece of shit, I want you to fuck me. Oh god, makes my skin crawl. Anyway, um so the thing is like she went from scared and on the run and confused and now she's just gonna fucking feed people to David. Like, this is a wild turn of offense. <laughs> like, she looked mortified when he was eating the neighbor, but then she smeared the shit on the wall, and then she's like, I'll just go find someone for you to eat. That's that's kind of crazy. Uh, Jimmy, man, Jimmy went out bad. He didn't deserve that. Uh, he, he wasn't a good person, clearly, like uh, from what his mom said, but still, like, he did not deserve that. Uh, and then, if you guys know one thing about me, it's I definitely took note... Of the color of that kid's urine. That kid was pissing Mountain Dew code red. He needs to drink more water. I was ashamed. I was Jeez, embarrassed. I, I would say hydration chart. That's your stepson. You got to do some work, buddy. Yeah, I know. We got to hydrate like champions. Uh, don't don't worry, David. I'll, I'll teach you, son. Um, And then who the fuck just ran in the room? And then she just starts blasting on him. And why was the door open? Oh, it was cops. Why the fuck didn't they say they were cops? Like they just ran in the room. Uh, and then to get like that, that was frustrating to me. And also why wasn't Paul with him? Like Paul clearly is, I i took it as he's the lead on this case. So they're not going to move and like make a move on her without Paul being there. Him And he's going to be, you know, in the mortgage we come to find out like this, that didn't work for me. And she, I get it. She ran into the room in a hurry because he was in a lot of pain and, and all that shit, but she would have shut the door. If your 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 son is half Satan, you're gonna shut the door behind you. You don't want people seeing what you got going on in there. Um that was just questionable decision. Just not really logical to me. Um but she's a hell of a shot though. My baby's got that going for her. Go ahead, Nico. <laughs>
0: Seventy five percent of Dustin's thoughts on the movie is I love Andy Matichek. Yeah, I
3: told you guys I don't I, I can't underst I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. I know I was on the Anna Day kick for a while and I you know, celebrity crushes are what they are. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever been as attracted to any woman ever as Andy Matichek. I'm in love.
0: You got it. Yeah.
3: you let me find out where she lives. I'm gonna be outside her window with the fucking boom box over my head. <laughs>
0: All right, here's the ending. Laura calls Paul while he's at the morgue. I did not mean to kill him. Paul tells her she needs to turn herself in. I can maybe still help you. She says she has to go back to where it all started. He says it's all fantasy and she hangs up on him. She parks outside an old house and goes inside. She grabs a knife and walks around the house looking around. She goes upstairs to the room with the bed and the cult symbol above it. She goes back to the car and gets David. No matter what I say, I love you. I will always take care of you. She's upstairs in the room with David and she begins her chant. And I'm not going to repeat it because it's a lot of stuff and I don't want to creep Dustin out. Nothing appears and she says, <laughs> I want you to cure my son or our son. I know you can hear me. Cure him or I'll kill him. She does the chant again and screams to show yourself. We see an entity stand up behind her and walk towards her as she does the chant again. The room begins to shake and we see the demon and Paul and others officers arrive. She tells Paul she sewn him he was going to cure David. He tells her to put the knife down. Show yourself, she yells. Come back, please. You made him go away, Paul. Now I have to kill him. When they went into his room, they fed him human flesh and they awakened something in him. Paul says, I know about your childhood and the things that happened to you. I can help you. I'm sorry, Paul. And she rears back the knife to stab him, but Paul shoots her dead. David tries to wake her up. Please, mommy. Back to the hospital and Paul sits with David. I want you to know I'm here for you. I'm here to protect you and also to make you better again. We see a nurse check on a code blue, and Paul cuts his arm and bleeds all over David's face and removes a piece of flesh to feed him. I want you to know no one can know anything about you or who you are. We see flashbacks of Paul killing Jimmy. I want you to know you'll never be alone, and I got a surprise for you, David. Your father is here to save you. David sits up and walks to him and hugs him. The film ends in the end credits roll. Brian, what do you think about the ending?
1: Yeah, so I don't like the ending at all. Like This is... This is one of those times where I think that it would have benefited from not having a definitive answer here. I think that once she's shot in the head, that should have been the end or like had her kill David and then get shot in the head. But, you know, and then kind of tweak some things throughout. So it's really just kind of left for interpretation on whether or not it's in her head from PTSD or if it's real or what, you know, this, this conclusion just didn't do it for me. And it, and it showed the demon way too much for me, by the way, for it you know, to be, it's not effective. It's not as a scary to me. So it just, it, it was like I said at the start, it was just kind of fucked up, but you know, I definitely was not a fan of the ending.
2: Yeah. So I like, I like a lot of it. Like, I think the tw- like the twist that we get in the hospital room is good. I think everything in the hotel is pretty good. Like I, I think the acting for Manichek is good here where she, uh, again, you don't really know what to believe. Uh, Is it all in her head? Is she crazy for lack of a better term? Um, And you know, the way that she kind of plays that thing with, you know, plays back and forth with Paul, like trying to convince him, trying to get the demon to come back and the way that she's about to stab her son. Like I like all that scene, very intense. Um, And, for Paul to just shoot her, the first time I watched, I was like, "Well, that's weird. That's a little out of context." But again, with the hindsight, he—it was the perfect plan. He—he he looked like he had her back the whole time and left himself no choice but to take her out um because she looked like she was unstable. Had you know, she was at her wits' end. Had no other choice. So I like that. I, I, I and I like the stuff in the hospital. Like I think. It's cre- it's so creepy the way Paul's delivering this, um, and while you're watching, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Uh, and then you see this horn demon, which I- I'm with you. Like, maybe they showed too much, but it looks cool, at least from this angle. Uh, now, I imagine hugging that thing would hurt, you know, little holes in your chest and stuff. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> look, I like the twist. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and if you, you know if you go back and watch in a few places, but it also explains a lot of things too. So I think they pulled it off. Okay. And I think the ending was was pretty good.
3: Yeah. It's a mixed bag. Uh, we get a really creepy and ominous score as she arrived back at the house. I thought that was really well done. But then when she says our son, I was like, hold up. You're telling me my stepson's dad is a demon or some shit. Don't like that one bit. I, I, I can't raise a kid like that. Um, I, and then I just did not like where we go from here. Like, conjuring up the devil. Nope, that's a hard pass. Um, and then, you know, I get what she's saying. Like, I'm not going to let my son suffer. Uh, so I'm going to kill him if you don't fix this right now. But damn, Paul, you just shot her right in the face. Like, you can't shoot her anywhere else. We can't have an open casket now. You shot her right in the fucking face, man. Um, yep. <laughs> and then it's just this, this. the rest is just like a WTF moment. Uh, they painted it as she was just crazy, and I can buy that. And then all the things we saw, uh, they showed us to you know to show. They showed us what we saw to see it through her perspective, I guess, to see what she was going through. But I still had my doubts because David's condition was what it was like that was real. That wasn't a, a hallucination, clearly. Um, so I was still confused, but then boom, twist. Paul's in on it all. He's a satanist as well and then uh, ball-headed ho comes out with the antlers coming through his chest and just shows up at the hospital. That's weird. And that's his daddy? Yeah, fuck that. Never watching this movie again. The ending completely ruined any rewatchability for me. But that's that being said, it was still a pretty decent movie.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump into uh, – we don't have a lot of social media comments and questions, but uh, we'll go to Twitter first. Dustin, this is specifically from you from Sean Irwin. What is Dustin going to do if y'all ex- ever actually do get Andy Matichak on the show?
3: Propose? Um, I, you know, <laughs> I'd be respectful. I would uh, offer her dinner. Um, I would I do a lot of things, man. I'd do a lot of things. I sent a gif on Twitter. That's my response. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I, if you want to see it, just go click on it. Uh, and let's jump <laughs> over to Instagram now. We only got one comment, and I actually I think we'll probably all agree 100% with them. Uh, Jer underscore Elliot commented Andy Maticek uh, Jamie Lee cursed said it's Matichek, so if I'm butchering her last name, I'm sorry. But she said that Andy Maticek saves this movie, and I'll, I'll
2: I've I've that. I've heard it both ways from people that have interviewed her. But the interview on Collider, which this makes <laughs> me dumb because I call her Andy Matichek the whole movie, uh, the whole review. But the interview on Collider was Andy Matichek. So
3: whoops! I've been saying her name wrong, and I'm in. Oh God, I'm not. That's I'm what Jamie Lee Curtis was calling her part. too. So,
0: <laughs> Well, it's going to be Franklin. So you'll be okay.
3: That's true.
0: And uh, Yo, unfortunately, I'll take her last name. I don't care. <laughs> taking no shame in his game. Right, unfortunately, tonight we don't have any fun facts, and there's no budget for us really to speak on. I guess that's just because do it. It's a, a Shutter original. Maybe they don't disclose that information. Uh, let's just jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Does anybody in particular want to go first? So I
2: will. Hey, Uh-oh. Nico, I will say the world, <laughs> the worldwide box office because it had some international play uh, and a few select theaters. It looks like here the worldwide box office was uh, eighty four
0: thousand four hundred and seven dollars. That's the amount of money Dustin has in his right pocket Not right, right now. Units. Nice.
3: Brothers, and you, i honey, and wearing pants. How how,
2: how, uh, how much boss. money do we have to get Twitter back from Elon? Let's do this.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, does anybody want to go first with a rating? I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> We're off the rails. Twist his dick.
2: Oh, hey, Brian, go to Twitter. Hey Brian, go to Twitter right now and tweet out twist his dick before that thing shuts down. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now, God. who wants to go first?
3: I'll go ahead and go. Um, Favorite kill is probably going to be the pimp in the hotel because it's the closest thing that we got to an on-screen death, and I didn't like the way he was talking to my lady there. Um, Least favorite kill, I I wanted to say my baby girl, Laura, but I'm going to have to go with Jimmy. It was off-screen, and, yes, I know we got the flashback of Paul choking him and shoving the shit in his mouth. uh, And, honestly, though that kind of made it worse for me. Paul doing that made it – like made less sense that he died. Like what was the point of even killing him? I don't know. Um, didn't like that one at all. The rating. What did I think of it? This was a clusterfuck of a movie. I mean, it's a, it's a jumble of a mess story wise. Uh, there's just so much going on in the end. I definitely don't enjoy what the subject matter turned out to be. Uh, it's a very well-made movie though. A great atmosphere, great score. The acting is fantastic. Dialogue's great. um, but it was just kinda of all over the place to me. And I, I definitely won't watch it again because of the subject matter. Um they were so close. So close. They were on the doorstep of a great movie. But as it is, I think it's just a pretty okay movie. So I gave it a six point five.
1: Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and go. My uh my favorite kill was was Susan because of the basically because of the after effects. You know, him eating her, I thought looked really Looked really good. Uh, dislike to me is actually I think Dustin's favorite, The Pimp. I just didn't like it because of all the problems I had with it seeming realistic and this and that. And that that's my that's why that I picked that one. But that's again, you know, I thought this is a beautifully technically done movie. Rewatchability is low, low to me. Although it's a very quick hour and a half watch. Um, if I was grading this on how well I liked it. I'd be giving it about a two, honestly. But, you know, like I said at the start, I'm going to grade this on the technical aspects of the movie like Dustin did. Those were great. Although I didn't agree with some of the script decisions, I, I you know, I didn't make it. So I'm going to just – I'm going to give this thing a 5.75. I think it adds a whole – probably four full points because of how beautifully shot and, you know, and how just incredible the sound design was. All I'll right, go. go.
0: Oh. I'll, I'll go. I will go i know Mike. if
2: you wanted to go last for your pick
0: no it ain't that serious i'll just go real quick Uh, i agree with brian's favorite kill susan i just loved you know i didn't expect it the effects did look great and i was like oh shit Lee's favorite kill i'm gonna go with one of the cops uh i agree with dustin i just don't buy it Uh, just and you didn't see it or anything it's just I, i didn't really care for it i think i pretty much said how i felt at the beginning as well It's like uh the the like everyone said the movie is made great it looks great the acting was fine andy matichak matichak she was fantastic Love seeing her get to you know show how good of an actress she really is. Uh, she's a great crier as well. I thought the scenes where she was crying with her son in the bed was great. But I will say, the first time I watched it, I kind of felt like Paul's character. I could kind of see that he was in on it, like he was in a part of the cult. He just bought into her story a little too easily. Uh, this the ending didn't surprise me at all, really, with him. But. I don't dis- dislike this movie or really like this movie. I just – I had no feeling after I got done watching it. But overall, I'll just give it a six just because I thought it was okay. I thought it was – I'm I'm just a big fan of Andy and, and Emil Hirsch, honestly. And uh, I thought the movie was okay. And Shudder, I would really appreciate if y'all maybe sponsor a month or, you know, help out a blue-collar uh, horror podcast. We'll, 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 we'll review some Shudder movies for you. We may have to actually keep Dustin off that interview. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna make
3: it. It's bullshit. <laughs>
2: can't have shit in this house. Uh <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh really quick, my favorite kill is actually the pimp, uh, because I think it's one of the few like on screen like kills we get to see. Now we see the after effects of Susan, you know, as he's eating her, but I I feel like the kill itself was, you know, pretty cool with the pimp. My least favorite is one of the you know, all the cops, you know, kind of same as you guys. It just a gun, like, you know, anytime you get a gun in a horror movie and that's just, just like a really cool shot, then, then, eh, I'm, that, that's not super creative. So, um, all right. This movie's fine. Like, I think it's a good little horror movie. Uh, it, it I'm glad a place like Shudder exists. So this movie can exist. Uh, and, you know, you get to see Enemity Checks. I switched it up there because I think that's the proper way. I've just been saying it wrong like a dumbass the whole time. Um, You get to see her acting chops, and I think she's great, and I think uh, Luke Blum is great. Like, I think there's some really good acting, Emil Hirsch, uh, all the the things you guys already said. This movie looks really great. It's made really great. It's not my personal cup of tea as far as a plot goes. Like, I don't think it – it doesn't keep my interest the whole time, but it does do a really good job of making me go, man, what the fuck? am I looking at? And I know that we've repeated that, but it's true. Like multiple times on first watch, I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? So at least it has that going for it. Uh, All that being said, I gave this same same as Brian a 5.75.
3: All right. That gives us a composite score of a six. So IMDb is at a 5.6. So we're right there.
2: There you go.
0: Can't argue with it. I I think we kind of all felt pretty much the same about it. Uh, Any more final thoughts on the movie before I just shout out our blood donors and Dustin can announce his pick for next week. All right. Just want to thank all our blood donors again. Uh, Y'all are awesome. We truly appreciate you. Y'all take a big burden off of us. Our camper level reoccurring are Clayton J, Nina, Michelle Merza, Andrew Ferguson, Carrie Adams, the horror movie crew podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, Sean Irwin and a new blood donor, Brian Samick, Samick. I'm just going to go with that. Uh, hit me up in the DMs. Let me know if I pronounced that wrong. Camp counselor, reoccurring Hunter hey. Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez, Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis from the too close to home podcast, Heather Smith, Kylie Denise, all the way from Australia, Adrian Aiello, Jake Hambrick, the Legion podcast and Clay Moore. Uh, and final guide donors. We have film reviews to do for our Christian Cunningham and Matt Sears. Uh, thank y'all very much for your contribution. We really appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. Dustin, do you want to announce your pick as we uh, conclude streaming original month?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, when you said that just a minute ago, I was like, oh, shit, what did I pick? I forgot. Um, <laughs> I picked a movie that pissed me off to no ends when I watched it. the first and only time I've seen it. 2018's Bird Box from Netflix. Uh, I can't
2: wait the shit on this movie.
3: <laughs> I haven't watched it since the first time I watched it. Um, I remember that wasn't bad it was just anticlimactic, and i'm hoping that uh, maybe it was just in the moment Mo- maybe it's aged well
2: i love you Sandra bullock that's all i'm going to say but this movie sucks
3: hey, hey we get machine gun killing this movie man who
2: ain't a little that guy the that <laughs> the the, guy, the, the, the uh, guy that eminem beat in a rap war all right let's get out of here Come easy on. for you to say i know i can say shit <laughs> hey r is one of my stutter letters man my bad <laughs>
0: I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate y'all. It's been a great 2022. Uh, Like us, subscribe us, follow us on all of our social medias. We're almost at 700 on Twitter. Uh, We're 132 away from 1,000 on YouTube. Keep subscribing. We appreciate it. We're almost at 1,000. Looking forward to finally hitting that goal. Uh, appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. (laughs)